Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. Blake, obviously this last weekend against Alabama was an absolutely huge uh, recruiting weekend for Florida. They had a ton of top-notch guys in. And you know how these things work. A lot of times you'll have a visitor list, and that's part of why we always have you working on a confirmed visitor list, right? Because Keyword is always expected. A lot of guys make plans. They're expected in the Swamp. Some don't always make it. Some do. Uh, I think one of the guys that a lot of Florida fans were really excited to see get back in the swamp was five-star receiver Evan Stewart. He's a guy that's, I believe, seven-on-seven teammates with Florida quarterback commit Nick Evers. Can you fill us in on what happened with him? Uh, Yeah, he actually did not make it to the the game this past weekend. Um, He and Evan Stewart – or excuse me, he and Nick Evers – um, and family had all planned on having the same flight together, um, flying into Jacksonville from Texas and traveling down to Gainesville. Uh, Evan had a game late Friday night. Um, Nick was actually off for that weekend. So he, you know, was really kind of limited, you know, wasn't as limited with what he could do. Had a game late Friday night. Um, they missed their flight. So the family didn't make it in there for the for the game. Um, I talked to Nick after Florida's game in, against Alabama. And he said that, you know, it's just unfortunate. You know, it's just one of those things that happens. But they have already talked about you know, getting back for another game or, you know, something together, getting a chance to see game day at Florida. Um, Nick's dad actually was talking to me and he said that they were sending pictures and videos and all sorts of things of, you know, the game, the environment, and, you know, this is what you're missing out on, man, you know, jealous, you know, look at this, look at that. So um, it's all fun. You know, they, they, Evan and Nick are really good friends too, along with being seven on seven teammates. Um, that's one of the things that that Evan actually complimented after his visit to Friday Night Lights in late July was just the fact that he's thrown a lot with Nick, you know, really likes, you know, him as a player. And that, that's something that's important to him. Maybe not the biggest thing is, as far as making a decision, but that connection wide receiver to quarterback is always something big. So I think you'll see Evan make a game. There's nothing set in stone right now, um, but him and Nick have made um, a trip in, in late July. Like I said, they're going to look to try to make another one. So they're, they're working on getting Evan down there for a game to see the swamp. Unfortunately, he missed the environment that was, uh, you know, this past Saturday, but they're, they're working on it again. So it's, it's, it's under construction. And he's obviously a guy that is really high on Florida's board. I mean, everybody here is five-star. I think you automatically assume the talent level is pretty good. What would he bring to the table as kind of a player in that receiving core? If, if Florida were to land him. Oh man, he's, he's a, I hate to tab someone as a generational type player Mm -hmm. um, because it's hard to put that in high school, but I mean, he is just a highlight real type of guy. You know, you look at just some of the catches he makes in high school, he's dominating there. Uh, This past Friday, he had like a 50 something yard touchdown catch. And those are the kind of catches that he does on a weekly basis. You look at just the separation he created at Friday night lights um, had a lot of, you know, those big time catches, you know, those wow catches. I mean, if you had to, you know, seven on, or excuse me, uh, Friday night lights, it's, 
it's fairly boring to start out. You see guys doing, you know, position drills and things like that, work on things. The one-on-ones are where it's just, you know, it's that's awesome. The end of, Watch, the end that's of the end of yep. the last thing. They go into the swamp and they're out there competing against defensive backs, quarterbacks throwing the ball. Evan was making those, you know, high jump type of catches, climbing the ladder on guys. Um, he definitely had the catches of the day. I've only covered a certain amount of Friday night lights. You know, I've been to one before I was part of the media. I mean, Evan had that type of performance of a Jerry Judy who, you know, killed it at Friday night lights, you know, um, a Stefan Diggs. you know, those type of performances where they just come out and they just kill it at Friday night lights. So that's obviously, you know, very high praise putting Evan Stewart in that kind of category with those guys, because I mean, these are NFL, you know, stars right now, you know, first round picks like a Jerry Judy. So, but I mean, the, he was just as good as, as Friday night lights that I've seen as those guys in the past. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Stewart is not necessarily one of those bigger type receivers that Florida's recruited in the last couple of years. He's, he's more of a slot type, explosive right. type guy. You can move him around, but he's not a, I call him trees. He's not a, a you know, Xavier Henderson type of Jaden Gibson type of guy where he's got that big frame. He can make those big time catches. You can put him outside, but he's more of those guys that you move in the slot. You can move him around. He's got that speed and separation. So he's definitely a weapon. So obviously he's a big time guy. Florida had a lot of other guys, and, and I think they still, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think Florida still feels pretty good about where it stands with Stewart, even though he didn't make the trip. Correct. Some of the other guys that Florida went into this trip, you know, five-star prospects, really, really highly recruited guys. At various points, the Gators have been in the mix for their recruitments. One of them that we talked about going into this weekend, uh, this Alabama trip, was five-star defensive tackle Walter Nolan. He's a guy that early on had Florida kind of up in the process. At one point, it looked like it might be between Florida and Michigan. Uh, Tennessee's been in the mix at various points. I think Alabama's a school that's been in there. He went into this game against Alabama with a top three that didn't include Florida. Can you run us through one more time the top three that he walked in with? Maybe anything that you heard from him or his dad after this event in terms of how it went, what your feeling was on their visit and whether or not Florida can maybe work its way back into that top mix for him, because obviously defensive tackle, I mean, anybody that watched the game Saturday saw the kind of impact that the graduate transfers that Florida brought in made. Those guys are going to be gone next year, all three of them. So Florida needs to get more younger guys in there. That's obviously to me, a pitch that they can sell to somebody like Walter Nolan. But Blake, how did that go with him? Uh, yeah. Heading into the visit, top three, Tennessee, Texas A&M, um, in Georgia um, was kind of a surprise on my end, at least not to see Florida make that top schools list whenever he did narrow that down um, His still visiting schools that didn't make that list. He was at Michigan for their game against Washington. Um, he was at Florida, obviously for the, for the Alabama game this past weekend. Um, he's got some other visits going forward. Alabama, Texas A&M will be official visits. Um, Tennessee more than likely will get a, a mix of unofficial to official visit type of deals. I mean, he's, he's right outside of, <clears throat> excuse me, Knoxville. So it's a chance easy for him to get there. He mentioned that Florida is one of those schools that's right there on the on the you know the outside looking in that they're just right there. Um, asked him about just the game day environment on a scale of one to ten. He gave it a nine. I think there's still some interest in Florida. You know, he was there. He got there Saturday morning. Spent Sunday. Left Monday morning. So he's got a, an extended stay, you know, getting that many days there on a visit, you know, it's almost like getting another official visit, you know, that's it's it, even though it wasn't one, he took that back in June at Florida. I think that they're a school that's going to continue to keep chipping away at him, you know, visiting Alabama for an official visit down the line. They didn't make the top three. So it's, it's, it's a weird recruitment in the sense that you've got a guy that's putting schools in and out different top lists. It feels like he's got different schools in and out of the mix all the time. Yes. That's a top three. 
And yes, those are probably the teams to watch going forward. But I do think that there are other schools that are still in play. You know, the Michigans, you know, the Floridas, the Alabamas, those are schools that are still talking to him. They're going to continue to keep chipping away. I don't know that that's a finite top of three kind of thing. I think it's, it's just going to be one of those fluid recruitments, man. You know, it's kind of been a lot of ups and downs, twists and turns. And I just think that that's just how the recruitment's going to play out. I do think that Florida has some ground to make up. Obviously not making the top schools list. You've already used your official visit. If you can get him back on campus again, spin him around, you know, get him around some of the players more. Cause I think that's the biggest selling point that he likes about Florida. Yes. He likes the coaches. Yes. He knows he can make an impact at Florida, but when he's around those players like Javon Dexter, you know, Zach Carter, some of the other guys that are at Florida that he gets to spend a lot of time around Diabate. Um, he really likes those guys. He really likes hanging out with those guys. And I think that's one of the biggest interest points with him is just how well he fits in with those players. So I think that that's something that Florida needs to do, get him back around those guys going forward this year as he continues to take visits, because you've got a guy that he seems to come off visits and be really high on schools. You know, Mm -hmm. the official visit to Florida in June, come out of there really high on Florida, you know, visiting schools in and out. So I think that's one where you keep pace by getting him back on campus again and see how things play out. I don't think again, that that's a finite top three, but I think Florida's got an uphill climb in the sense that they need to keep getting him on campus, even if it's one more time before signing day. Yeah. I mean, and those types of recruitments aren't atypical for, for guys that are highly recruited, especially five-star guys, man, those are some wild recruitment guys that guys that are, have, you know, the, the talent and the ability to take it all the way to national signing day, if they wanted to, those guys can have, you know, the flexibility to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm still waiting. I like what I saw from this school. But hey, maybe this other school gets in the mix. These are the kind of recruitments that you have to be in absolutely all the way until signing day. And I think, and maybe I'm wrong, I think that's going to be more of a trend going forward. Uh, unfortunately for you, Blake, I think with this name, image, and likeness, you're going to see a lot more recruitments that I think prospects are going to try to keep you guessing a little bit in terms of, Everyone wants to shock the world, man. They want to shock the world. Not only that, but now you got to think about like people, like these players want to build their social media followings before they get to college because they see what's happening when a guy with 30,000 Instagram followers or 50,000 Instagram followers can get to campus. And then all of a sudden he's signing these huge, you know, name, image, and likeness deals. I think, you know, maybe that there's part of that going on. Who knows? I mean, recruitments have always kind of been this way. But I, you know, from the outside looking in, Nolan to me has been a guy that Florida is always going to have to work all the way through till signing day. Even if, even if they were in the driver's seat and he was like, "Hey, Florida is my leader." You know that Tennessee, like you said, A and M, uh, Alabama is going to be in that mix. Michigan, you got some ties up that way. These are the kind of recruitments that, you know, I, I think right now I would say you probably I don't expect Florida to necessarily win these type of recruitments. But if you're Dan Mullen and you want to make a splash, these are the kind of guys that you have to start getting involved with. Blake, there were also a number of other five-star prospects on campus. Can you run us through maybe the top couple guys, uh, preferably guys that you, you maybe got a feel for in terms of where they're leaning or how they liked the visit, more so than guys that were just there but you haven't had a chance to talk to yet kind of thing? Michael Williams, the five-star defensive lineman out of Georgia. He's currently committed to USC, the, the you know Southern Cal Trojans out West. They've obviously lost their head coach out there. I think for him, he's really close with Dante Williams, who's the interim head coach at USC now. Um, really likes Coach Vic, the defensive line coach at USC. So I think it's kind of a recruitment to where I see it maybe getting interesting the farther into the fall we get, the closer to signing day when he starts taking some of those official visits. He's only used one of his five official visits, and that was to USC back in June. I think for him, it's – obviously, there's there's a long distance there from USC to Georgia where he lives. 
but I think those relationships with guys like Coach Williams, Coach Vic, you know, the, those are guys that he's keeping an eye on. Are they going to be there? You know, he mentioned that those are the guys that recruited me to USC. Those are the guys I have the best relationship with. So I think that that plays a factor into it. I think he does take official visits down the line. I think Florida, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia are some of those schools to watch to get official visits. Nothing is set up. But those are the schools he mentioned that he's still talking to. And though obviously the door is not shut by him coming to Florida to check out a game, see that environment. Um, you know, David Turner, Kelvin Bolden, who's in the recruiting offices at Florida, they have continued to recruit him even back when he committed to USC in the summer. You know, so that's not a new thing for Florida to continue to keep kind of kicking the tires, shipping away at him to see what happens. But now you've got an opening at the head coaching spot there. So I think there are still some factors there. Who's going to be the head coach? Are the guys that recruited me that I had good relationships going to be there? So that's why I think that's a recruitment that gets interesting as time goes on there. You do, know, I do think you, that do you think right distance, now the door's open. Is distance a factor at all? Or is that hard I to mean, tell with him? It's hard to tell because he's committed there. I think at some point distance is always something that, you know, is something that I, and it kind of ties back into why I think it gets interesting later. It always seems to me that, if you've got wide distance between, you know, you and the school you're going to, the closer to signing day you get, the more those thoughts creep in. Man, that's really far away. Though, you know, those are the type of situations. It's it's not always a You're able to take leaves. last minute visits too to right. some of the closer schools. Like if he wanted right. to go visit, you know, I don't know, a Georgia or Florida or whatever, it's probably easier, especially now that he's already taken his official exactly. to USC. Right. And it's hard to get back out that way. So I, that's one like I said, I think it gets interesting the later, you know, the farther on we go in the process. Um so Florida's, I think they'll get an official visit for sure down the line just from talking to him. But again, nothing's set up there. Uh, Five-star cornerback Jaheim Singletary from up in Jacksonville was there. That's not a guy that I got a chance to talk to after the game. Didn't see him out there after the football offices. Haven't got him on the phone yet. But I feel like if I had to pick, he's narrowing down top schools eventually. No date for that or you know anything set. But I would say that Florida... Georgia and Miami are those schools that I would expect to make the cut. I don't know how wide or what number he's going to put on top schools, but I think those three make it. Florida just needs to keep getting him on campus. You know, this was his first time to actually hang out with the new defensive back coaches in person at Florida. So I think getting those relationships built, I think he's another guy that takes an official visit closer to door, towards December. Um, so Florida's just going to keep swinging on that one. Um, Kamari Wilson, the five-star safety from IMG Academy. I think George is the team to watch there. He did visit for the game. I'm not sure if he's going to take an official visit to Florida. Nothing is set for him right now because IMG has such a strenuous schedule. So I think he'll take those a little bit later into the fall, if not, you know, after the season in December, closer to there where it's the signing day. Um, But, you know, I like Georgia for him right there. But I think the from the 2023 class, there were several five-star guys there. I think the one guy that's worth talking about is the five-star uh, Cormani McLean, the 2023 cornerback from Lakeland Lake Gibson High School. He's been a guy that I have felt that has been trending to Florida ever since he visited in late July. It's a guy that I felt that Florida has been making a move for. You know, Lakeland, you look at the history of guys that Florida's got from there, from, you know, the guys that are on the roster now dating back to the, you know, the hall from Lakeland that they got, you know, the couple years back under under Urban Meyer. Summerall, yeah, uh, you know, all those guys. You know, Ventrell Miller, I mean, even, you know, Lloyd, Keon, Demarcus mm-hmm. Bowman, even uh, Javon Dexter from Lake Wells. Polk County has always been you know, the bread and butter, that I-75 corridor for Florida, the I-4 corridor over there um, has always been Florida's bread and butter. He came after, you know, the visit, says he's going to come back more than likely for the Tennessee game. Again, that's an expected visit. You know, there's still a couple of days for some things to yeah. change. But he left that Florida-Alabama visit saying Florida was on top for him. So that's definitely good news for Florida there at a guy that's, you know, the number one target at their position and cornerback for 2023. All right, Blake. Well, uh, I appreciate you catching us up on some of the top five stars. What I want to do 
because there's obviously a lot of recruiting beyond just the, the five stars and, you know, the casual fans want to know about the five stars. How are they doing? But it sounds to me like, you know, from talking to you before we started the show, that there's going to be a lot coming up for Florida um, in recruiting it over the next month or two. I want to talk about that right after we take a quick commercial break. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. We're talking a little bit of Florida recruiting after a huge weekend where Florida hosted Dozens and dozens of top-notch prospects in the swamp for the game against number one Alabama. Obviously, Florida would have loved to win that game, Blake. You know, uh, that I think would have probably started an avalanche in recruiting. But I think losing by only two points, the kind of atmosphere that we saw in the swamp, both you and me, I mean, it was as electric as it's been in there in probably several years. I know the Auburn game was a big one, Ole Miss back in 2015. But that was the way the swamp is supposed to be. And I think particularly coming after a year in 2020 where you didn't have full crowds where, you know, recruits couldn't even visit campuses, even when things weren't happening for basically more than a year. I think the, the, the shock value of seeing that kind of crowd in the swamp can make a major difference. But Blake, I, I think at this point in the national sense, there's very much a belief that Dan Mullen is right on the verge of competing for championships. And I think that's a very attractive sales pitch to me, it sounds like Florida could have a big next month or so coming up. You've got a lot of guys that are on Florida's board at the top of the board near their position who the Gators would love to get on board starting to set decision dates of when they're going to announce their commitments. Why can't, uh, why can't Florida start to get the ball rolling? I mean, you know what I mean? It's, it's, they, they've had this great performance against Alabama. You've got a stretch coming up that, you know, if it goes well for Florida – the Gators should be rolling with a lot of momentum through the month of October. So what are we looking at? Who are some guys maybe that we should circle in recruiting as guys that are either have already announced they're going to make a decision or that you think Florida could kind of push for in this next month or so, especially in the month of October, as the Gators really hit what should be a slightly easier part of the schedule before the next big, big game against Georgia. You know, there's already guys that have decision dates set for the month of October. So I think the month of October in general is going to be a big one on the recruiting trail for Florida. Um, Azaria Thomas, the four-star defensive back from up in Niceville in the panhandle part of Florida. 
he was just on campus this past weekend. This is his uh, third visit to Florida this year. Um, you took the official in June, Friday Night Lights in July, and then back again for this game. Top three, Florida, LSU, and Georgia Tech. Uh, Steve Wolfong, Florida, uh, excuse me, 24-7 sports recruiting director, has a crystal ball in for Florida. It's a guy that I've mentioned on the message boards that I feel like Florida's in great shape for. I think they're the team to beat there. Um, I'm thinking of putting a pick myself, too, just kind of checking around with some more sources. The part for me is, is tracking down his set decision timeline. He's mentioned – if not the end of this month, early part of next month. So that's one of those guys that I would throw into that, you know, possible realm of, you know, Florida landing in the next month or next couple of weeks. Um, so Florida's looking good there. Um, Jamari Lyons, October 6th is his commitment date. Florida has been leading for him outright since, since June when he took the official visit. Uh, he'll be at South Carolina this coming weekend for an official visit. This is his final visit before that decision date. Um, it's his mother's birthday. Again, Florida has been in the lead for a long time. He's visited multiple times this year. Another guy that things look good for Florida, uh, Jaden Gibson, the uh, four-star wide receiver up in uh, at West Orange in Winter Park, Florida, or excuse me, Winter Garden, Florida. Um, I think October 13th is his decision date. Um, Florida's looking good there. 24-7 sports crystal ball leader. Visited this past weekend. It's the only visit that he's taken so far this fall. Um, he's been on campus several times this year. Close with Kiwan Ratliff, who's you know got a lot of ties to the Orlando area. Um, has family that went to Florida, mom graduated, dad went there, uncle went there. So another guy that's looking good for Florida. And one guy that I don't know that I would necessarily put the, all the eggs in the basket of picking Florida, but four-star tight end Jalil Skinner is a guy that visited Florida this past weekend, um, had named a top five, um, I, I believe it was either in July or August. Uh, Florida did not make the cut for him, visited this past weekend, said that Florida's still under consideration for him. He'll be making his decision in October. Like I said, I don't know that he, I would group him up in those guys that I like, you know, the Azaria Thomases, the Jamari Lyons, the Jaden Gibsons that I feel good for. Um, but Florida is still notable and, you know, just still under consideration for him. Um, still talks with uh, Tim Brewster, Florida's tight ends coach. Maybe one that they can work out going down the road. I think Alabama, Texas, and Florida are probably the three teams that are probably in the best spot for him. Miami is involved there. Florida State seems to have faded there. So I was going to ask you because I follow recruiting pretty casually. And I remember back in the summer when we were talking about him, it was kind of Florida, Florida State. He's pretty high on Florida State. Is, uh, is the Seminoles' poor start to the season having an impact there? I think it has something to do with it, you know, certainly. Um, he's also not really had a lot of reps since transferring to IMG Academy, too. So, I mean, there are a lot of different variables there. But I think, in general, Florida State just doesn't seem to really be a factor there. So, um, Alabama, they're a team that's involved. Texas has been involved with them, too. Um, Florida getting him on campus, you know, he got to spend time with his stepdad there. So, we'll see. But it's not one that I would really feel confident about right now, but I think sure. he is worth noting. Anything else we should know? I mean, you mentioned some of these guys. I know Azariah Thomas is a guy that's been on campus multiple times. We talked about him. You know, I think Florida obviously has some needs in the secondary. Are there things that Florida is selling him on, like early playing time in the secondary? I mean, you look at what Florida's thrown out there so far this year. Obviously, they don't need as many numbers in the back end as they've taken maybe in 2019, 2020. I think even 2021, they took a bunch. You know, uh, you've got some younger guys that are starting to establish themselves there. What's kind of the pitch you think for Florida when it comes to a guy like Azariah Tama? Just the fact that he fits so well into what they want to do, having those long, lengthy corners, the press man. Um, he's really close with Jules Montanar, who's Florida's you know new cornerbacks coach in his first year. So I think it's really it's not necessarily early playing time to where he's going to come in and he's going to start off the rip, but they're going to get him involved early. They're, he's a guy that they feel that they can get his you know his feet wet early on. 
he's got the length to where you can move him around to safety and corner. Um, so I think the fact that he has versatility in that back end, he's recruited as a corner. But I think with the length that he has, he's a guy that you can move around, whether it's nickel, you know, or throwing him, you know, at safety if you need to, just because he's got that length. Um, so I think just the versatility he brings, I think, is where you could see him see the field early. Um, but I think more than anything, it's just the relationships he's built with those coaches. You know, he's really close to those guys. He's really close with other guys in Florida's recruiting class, like Julian Humphrey, Nick Evers. They spent a ton of time around each other um, at that Alabama-Florida visit this past weekend. So I think it's just the connections along with a chance to be developed, um, be close to home. You know, there are a lot of factors there that he really likes Florida for. Yeah, when I was listening to you talk about all these guys that have October decision dates, that was kind of the thing that stuck out to me is a lot of these guys are names that – I'm familiar with, and I don't cover recruiting nearly as closely as you do. I mean, that's what you do 24 seven. I kind of tend to focus more on the team stuff. So when I've heard about a recruit, obviously that's a guy that, you know, Florida's done a pretty good job staying in touch with. Let me shift a little bit big picture here before we wrap up, Blake. We've talked about on this show several times about kind of the trajectory of the program. We talked about it going into that Alabama game, win or lose, kind of what things would look like. And I think you know, seeing the way it played out Saturday, I think it reinforced a couple narratives. Number one, I think it, I think seeing Florida be very, very competitive against Alabama again, you know, a two point loss reinforced in a lot of people's minds that Dan Mullen absolutely is just a terrific game planning coach. He knows how to get in a game plan to really stress teams that aren't used to being stressed. I mean, Alabama, I think, had won its last, I'm going to get this wrong, I think, but. I think I want to say they had won their last 17 games by 15 or more points. The only two times in that stretch where they didn't were Florida, the six points in the SEC title game, the two points last year. And so I think a lot of fans are very much encouraged by what they've seen out of Dan Mullen, where the program's going. I mean, you talk about losing Kyle Trask, Darius Tony, Kyle Pitts, and then still being able to roll out an offense that now is number two in the country in rushing a year after you just led the nation in passing. You're able to run all over Bama three plus quarters. I mean, really lean on them. I think a lot of Florida fans feel like, Hey, we're really close. And maybe the only thing that's really separating Florida from an Alabama from, I don't even want to say Georgia. Cause I, we don't know Florida may be ahead of Georgia already at this point. I don't think that's necessarily an unfair statement. We'll find out in Jacksonville, but talent is basically the, the obvious tangible difference you can see between Alabama and Florida and depth of talent. Um, when it comes to kind of how Florida's building and you're looking at some of these guys that are scheduling October commitment dates, where is Florida at in your mind, big picture wise, from a momentum standpoint, how, how much can this next month maybe start to change things a little bit? Can we, can we see something, you know, from this 2022 recruiting class that we haven't seen from the first four classes under Dan Mullen in terms of not just being able to get these, you know, I'm going to say result against Alabama. Obviously they didn't win, but it was a result in showing that you're right on the doorstep. How do they get that to translate to a recruiting success that puts them on a more even playing field with Alabama, with Georgia, because last year they beat Georgia Blake. And frankly, it didn't really materialize in recruiting. What do they have to do to make that play over? You know, I think it just comes back to closing. You know, Florida's got a lot of you know things to sell, development. You know, they can sell top five in academics. You know, there are a lot of things that Florida sells itself. You know, just looking at them competing, being on the doorstep there. I think it just comes down to closing the you know the deal on some of these guys. You know, look at Florida that October 
you know, coming up, you know, there's a lot of big time targets. These are guys that are top targets for Florida. They close those guys out. It starts to build that momentum. You know, you start to recruiting to me is very much a, you know, uh, you know, how you perceive things, you know, getting these top tier guys that becomes reality, you know, and Azaria Thomas, who, you know, was at the Nike opening, a big time recruit. You keep getting those big time guys, you know, those high ranked guys. Ballers want to play with ballers. So I think that that's something that, you know, can continue to build some momentum for Florida. I'm getting these guys on campus you know, you've got an atmosphere like the Florida Alabama game. You know, you show that you're, you know, right there on the doorstep, all those things are going to get guys, you know, interested. It's going to, you know, have them on the hook. It's all about reeling them in and closing things out for me. All right, Blake. Uh, I think that's it. I don't really have any other questions for you on recruiting unless there's anything else we should be aware of. Man, I don't know, man. I just know that I still have 800 million interviews still to write. From this past <laughs> I know week. you're like, you're like, dude, get me off this show. I still got to get some more stuff done. <laughs> Uh, guys, no, we're not even kidding about that, though. Blake has literally been working around the clock, uh, not just since the Bama game, but before that, giving you guys a preview of everything coming. Uh, Blake, any any visitors of note in this, you know, kind of upper echelon of recruits that we should know about that are scheduled to come in for this Tennessee game? You know, so far, it's been kind of light on the list, you know, getting 2023 tight end Mac Mark, uh, Mac Markway. Um, he's committed. committed to Florida. He's already committed. Um, this is his first game day visit. Cormani McLean, the five-star cornerback for 2023, like I mentioned, will be back again this weekend or at least expected to. That's what he said after the Alabama game. Um, so those are pretty some of the notable names right now, but I'll continue to confirm some of those names as the week goes on. There you have it, guys. Be sure to check out Swamp247.com every week when Florida has visitors set to come to campus. Blake's got a list of who's expected to come, and then obviously when we show up on Saturday in the Swamp, some of those guys are there, some of them aren't. He'll have the updated confirmed visitor list. And then obviously he's talking to them after to give you interviews, give you his take on who's coming, who's not putting in those crystal ball predictions. Got a big month coming up in October. So be sure to stay tuned to swamp 24 seven guys. That'll do it for today's episode of the podcast. We will be back on Thursday to preview this Tennessee game. We'll take a lot uh, of time to kind of dissect, you know, whether or not Florida, you know, is potentially facing a trap game coming off a big emotional game against Alabama tell you right now personally i don't really think so but we'll find out and we'll have plenty to talk about on thursday as we set the scene for florida's second sec game in the swamp against tennessee we'll be back on thursday guys we appreciate you tuning in and uh, we'll see you then Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.